0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the Puck House Podcast. And we got a lot to recap. We are back. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot that's gone on the past week. The NHL draft. We're going to talk about that recap. We're going to talk about some of the picks that were made. We're going to talk about free agency. We're going to talk about the free agency winners and losers. Some of the signings there. We'll get into all that. A couple teams Couple teams bought Couple teams have to sell quite a few of their assets, so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple veterans. A couple veterans have been traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. We're going to also talk about a big trade involving the L.A. Kings and the Winnipeg Jets, and then we're going to talk about a prospect that I feel is on the horizon in the coming years. Projected top pick the 2026 NHL entry draft. I got a guy in the WHL, so look out for that later on the podcast. We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of the Puck House Podcast. All right, now we're going to move into the roundup, and there is a lot that we need to talk about. Like I said, a lot that's been happening in the NHL, so we're just going to dive right into it. Over the past week the NHL draft took place and there was a lot of names called a lot of people saw their NHL dreams of being drafted Grown up they've dreamt of that moment and their dreams came true of getting drafted into the NHL we're gonna talk we're gonna recap that first overall the Chicago Blackhawks hmm I wonder who they're gonna take no surprise there, Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard gets taken first overall. However, can't say the same about the second overall pick the, if it was a surprise. This one was definitely a surprise. This one caught me off guard. Everyone was expecting Adam Fantilli to go second to Anaheim. Anaheim takes Leo Carlson second overall. No doubt, Leo Carlson is a good player. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And he'll be great in the Anaheim Ducks prospect system, the prospect system that they have built. However, I don't know how you pass on a guy like Fantilli. Fantilli, great player, great player. You know, definitely a elite elite kind of player that will definitely help your franchise. And, I mean, they passed on. I'm sure Leo Carlson, though, is going to... Clearly Anaheim sees something in him. So give him a chance. Let's not, you know, hate on Anaheim for the pick. I think it could work out. Like, I think at the end of the day, you know, like, you know, they do the scouting. You know, they see something in a guy, you know, and they take, take him. He might fit into their system better. Let's give it a chance. And then Columbus swooped in and took Adam Fantilli third overall. Adam Fantilly, I hear he's been tearing it up kind of at the Columbus Blue Jackets development camp. Uh, apparently, I, s- I saw a video of him doing the Michigan in development camp. So, I mean, third overall to Columbus, great pick. I'm sure Columbus wasn't expecting him to be on the board, and they swept in and took him. So, good good pickup. Good pickup by Columbus. Uh, Will Smith? Nope, not the Fresh Prince Will Smith. Will Smith from the U.S. National Development Team. Fourth overall to San Jose. Great pick there by San Jose. And then Montreal, fifth overall. Carey Price is coming out to make the pick. And he selects David Ryanbacker. Yeah, I'd see that video of him. He kinda of fro I get that, you know, you're up there on the stage and just kinda of freeze, forget, you know. It is what it is, but it did, you know. Yeah, but David Reinbacher. Jokes aside, David Reinbacher, fifth overall in Montreal. I was surprised by the pick. I think I think there was quite a few people who were, but let's see how he does. I I don't like it when people start, you know, hating on certain teams for making certain picks. Let's give it a chance. Let's give it a chance here. Let's see what David Reinbacher can do for Montreal. Let's see what he can do. Now, I mean, I was surprised by this too. Matt Mishkoff started to fall. Matt Mishkoff, I really, like, Matt Mishkoff, I watched him play when the U-18s were on a couple years ago, I was watching, I spent, you know, my days watching that tournament, the 2021 U-18s. Vay Mishkov played incredible that tournament. I think he led the tournament in scoring. And there was, you know, he was 15 at the time. There was a 15-year-old Connor Bedard in the tournament as well. And he led the tournament in scoring. And Arizona, I think Arizona had a really good chance to take him. Um, and they passed on him six overall and took Dmitry Samashev. I'm so sorry if I'm botching that name. Uh, but he he was kind of like a top 20 projected pick. So, like I said, I mean, I said the same thing about Leo Carlson. You know, maybe he fits better into the system in Arizona. So, let's let's give it a chance. Let's see what happens there. And then Philadelphia takes Matt Vaymishkov. I really like this pick by Philadelphia. 7th overall. Great pickup by Philadelphia. The great thing is because he's under contract in the KHL to like 2025 or 2026, something like that. You're still not going to be a competitive team. So, what you do is get higher draft picks. You build up a really great prospect system, and when Mishkoff comes in 2025 or 2026, you're a more a more competitive team. So, and definitely have a good chance that you know, being a contender in a few years. I think that's that would kind of be the game plan. I think I think that'd be a smart move. Uh, Ryan Leonard went eight, eighth overall to Washington. Uh, he's from the U.S. national. Development team alongside guys like Will Smith and those guys. Uh, Nate Danielson. Nate Danielson got taken ninth overall to Detroit. Nate Danielson from the WHL's Brandon Wheat Kings. I like this pick for Detroit. Like, I think it's a solid pick. I was surprised he went as high as he did, but I do like the pick by Detroit. Nate Danielson was quite, quite fun to watch for the Brandon Wheat Kings this year. So, good pick up there. Dalibor Dvorski went 10th overall to St. Louis. Solid pick. I haven't seen him play too much, but from what I've heard, he's quite a good player. And, you know, he'll fit right in in the St. Louis prospect system. And that does it for the top 10. Outside the top 10, there's quite a few quite a few great picks. Uh, Tom Willander got selected eight, uh, 11th, 11th overall to the Vancouver Canucks for those Canucks fans. Uh, there's a couple WHLers a couple WHLers in the first round Zach Benson 13th overall the Buffalo really liked him for the Winnipeg ice Really good player when he came and played. He was really good player He was definitely noticeable out on the ice you could tell Benson has the puck like you know He's a great player great player very fun to watch and Zach Benson. That's a great pick for the Buffalo Sabres I think he was projected a little higher. I'm not I think he was projected more like kind of nine or tenth, so he dropped a little bit. Uh, but Braden Jaeger. Brayden Yeager from the Moose Jaw Warriors went in the next pick, fourteenth overall, to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I like this pick for Pittsburgh. Brayden Jaggers really skilled, really skilled forward. I like I like his gameplay. Braden Yeager is gonna fit right in to the he's kinda He's kind of, at this point, he's the top guy in the Pittsburgh Penguins prospect system. They haven't really done, they haven't really built any sort of prospects. He kind of comes in as the top kind of prospect in the Pittsburgh Penguins prospect system. I like that pick for Pittsburgh, though. You know, it's a start on getting, you know, some younger guys, some, you know, younger prospects, bringing them in. That's a start for them, and I I like that. Samuel Honzik from the Vancouver Giants went 16th overall to the Calgary Flames. I really like that pick. Got to see him play quite a bit. Came over here last year. Let's see. check. I'm trying to think where... but he came over from Europe and he comes here and he just lit it up for the Vancouver Giants. Definitely became one of their top players. Yo, know, I never heard of him before, before he came here to Vancouver and he just started playing. He, he became one of the top players. He became the guy to watch for the Vancouver Giants. Great player. Uh, Kobe Barlow. Kobe Barlow went 18th overall to the Winnipeg Jets. I like that pick for Winnipeg. Kobe Barlow is going to be. Like I said, get a, fit, get a fit right in that prospect system. I really I really do like that pick. I think that's a Winnipeg, I think honestly, they were they drafted really well. I really like some of their picks, and I'll talk more about some of those picks later. A couple more guys. I really like the pick by Washington at 40, Andrew Crystal. Andrew Crystal from the Kelowna Rockets. Andrew Crystal he should have been a first round pick. Andrew Crystal should have been a first round pick for sure. Andrew Crystal, what a player I tell you. I've seen him play tons of times and I mean just every time I watch him he's you know I remember thinking back to it was like September and it was it was a preseason game but he was just making a meal out of everyone in that game he I think he had like three or four goals or something like that and I remember kind of thinking this guy this guy's only 17 like holy cow this guy's gonna be this guy's gonna be a beast for the Kelowna Rockets for the next couple years great pick by Washington I'm noticing an interesting kind of Seattle. Seattle took a lot of WHL guys. Uh, they took Lucas Dragasevich, fifty seventh overall, from the Tri City Americans. Caden Price from the Kelowna Rockets, eighty fourth overall, to Seattle. I like those two on defense. They're gonna, I think they're gonna complement each other if they ended up playing in the NHL together for the Kraken. Another defenseman too. Yeah, Caden Hamill, hundred forty. 8th overall to Seattle, former Kamloops Blazer, Caden Hamill, great player. I got to watch him since he was 15, 16, heck of a player. Caden Hamill, great pick by Seattle Kraken. Seattle Kraken made some great, great picks. Got quite a few guys in the WHL, you know, a couple guys in that U.S. division too. So Seattle Kraken fans, you know, they go up to Everett or Tri-City, watch, you know, some of their... Some of their Kraken prospects, so that's kinda that's kind of cool. Like I was talking about too. I think Winnipeg definitely made some really good picks. I already talked about Colby Barlow. But I also want to talk about Thomas Milich. Thomas Milich and Connor Levis. Connor Levis, Camloops, Blazer. Both those guys drafted to the Winnipeg Jets. Thomas Milich. I it's I cannot believe that last year, like, I can't believe he's gone undrafted for this long. He's, like, 19 now. Like, I can't believe he got passed on last year. Holy cow, Thomas Millich, what a goalie, was the starter at the World Juniors. This is a great pick by the Winnipeg Jets, and, like, it was, like, the fifth round. What a pickup by the Winnipeg Jets to get Thomas Militch I would say probably the top goal. I'd say the top goalie in this draft. Like, did you like if you saw what he did at the World Juniors? There were points where he kept Canada in that tournament. Couple overtime games. I was really worried that the Canada Slovakia game was gonna be it, and Thomas Milich stood on his head, kept the team in it, which led to that incredible Connor Bedard overtime goal. And uh Connor Levis to 210th overall the Winnipeg Connor Levis should have definitely gone higher this year. He had he had a really good stretch during the year. I really I really liked his play in the second half of the season. First half he was a little bit a little bit shaky, but once he got going, he got going in the second half of the season. I really liked his play. He played he played really well, definitely one of those, one of those guys for the Blazers. There's se- several forwards on there. Didn't get obviously as much playing time, I think. I mean, you got the top six forward core on the Blazers was, you know, phenomenal. Maybe the best it's I've ever seen it. But Connor Levis was a guy. Step step in there. And you know, he could score. He could score. He could definitely. He could step up, and there was even moments where guys went down with injuries, and Connor Levis would be kind of that next man up, and he would step up. So, Connor Levis, great pickup, great pickup by the Winnipeg Jets, great drafting by the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I also want to talk about Emmett Finney. Emmett Finney went 200 first overall to the Detroit Red Wings, uh, another Kamloops Blazer. Uh, He definitely, he played, like, that second half of the season. He had an incredible stretch playing on the fourth line. He had, like, a 15-game point streak or something like that, like, or goal-scoring streak or something like that. He was insane. Like, he was just, he kept finding a way to score and score and score. Playing fourth-line minutes, playing fourth-line minutes, this guy is going to be, he's going to come into next season and be one of the, t- I'd say, I, I don't see why you wouldn't put him on the first line for the Blazers. He he took advantage of every minute that he got this season, and an abs- he well-deserved to get drafted in the NHL. Detroit, great pick by them. And I also have a cool story to wrap things up. Last overall pick, getting down to the end of it, Vegas has the pick, and Columbus traded for that pick. And there's a guy in the stands, Tyler Petal, watching. And he was a projected, from my understanding, he was a projected, like, third-round pick, something like that. Something like a third-round pick. And he kept falling down. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. Still, his name has been called. Getting into the seventh round, time's running out, picks are running out. Final pick. Columbus trades for the pick with Vegas, and with seconds on the clock, Columbus takes Tyler Pettle. I was watching the draft, and his reaction, his family's reaction, was oh, it was quite a heartwarming moment. Great moment to get drafted into the NHL. You. You start to think as the picks are winding down, this isn't going to be my day. This isn't going to be my day. And then he gets picked. I think that's I think that's a really cool, cool story. You know, obviously, I mean, I said what I thought, but at the end of the day, we'll have to wait a couple more years to figure out which team kind of won, which team lost the draft. We'll have to figure all that out in, a, in the next couple years. But tons of guys on the rise in the NHL. Cu- quite a few young guys is gonna be future of the NHL is bright. And a couple days after the draft, free agency began and there was quite a few big signings, couple names going around to a few different to a few different teams. Gonna talk about a few of them. Few teams in particular who bought quite big First off, we're gonna start with the Toronto Maple Leafs. What did Brad Treveling and the Toronto Maple Leafs do this year? They signed Ryan Reeves, John Klingberg, Tyler Bertuzzi, and Max Domi. Those four guys all signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I just don't know what's necessarily gonna happen with the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're a good team. They're a good team. Good, here's the thing. They're a good regular season team, but in the playoffs, they look at, they haven't they didn't make it out of the first round until this past year. And then they ended up losing in 5 games in the second round to the Florida Panthers after their fans chanted "We want Florida" in the streets. I I mean, Guys like Ryan Reeves, you know Max Domi. It's a cool story for Max Domi. Max Domi, Ty Domi, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf for number of years. Kind of full circle moment for the Domi family as Max gets to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Grew up watching tons of Maple Leafs games and now gets to play. And it sounds like sounds like he plans on making Toronto a long term destination for him because he's bounced around to quite a few teams his most recent team has been the Dallas Stars um look at another guy former Dallas star another former Dallas star John Klingberg uh signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs as well he'll he'll help out on D you know I think yeah the Toronto Maple Leafs are more of a definitely more of an offense team than defense but you know a guy like Klingberg back there could help Uh, Ryan Reeves, Tyler Bertuzzi, they're both kind of more, they're, you know, they're, I would say Ryan Reeves, Ryan Reeves is definitely going to bring grit to the team, Ryan Reeves is going to bring a lot of grit, Tyler Bertuzzi as well, Tyler Bertuzzi can, I think, you know, both those guys, both those guys are going to be solid, you know, more gritty kind of players for the Toronto Maple Leafs, don't know how that will translate in the postseason, we'll have to see, but I mean, I think I like the I like the signings that they did. However, however, I do worry about the fact because I think they're over the cap now, and you know I'm hearing about William Nylander contract talks are not going well. So there's a lot of uncertainty what's going to happen there. He's probably going to get paid, and you still gotta. There's still a couple guys like there's gonna be you have to at some point find a way to pay Nylander, Matthews all these guys and I just with already being over the cap I just worry about how that's all gonna shake up but gonna give them gonna give them a chance so let's see what happens in the coming weeks we'll keep keep updated on that. Now, a team that I don't really like what they did is the Nashville Predators. Now, the Nashville Predators signed Luke Shen and Gustav Nyquist and Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly, one of the top names kind of on that free agency board, Ryan O'Reilly goes to the Nashville Predators. The thing is... It's not about the players that they signed. Like, the players that they signed are fine. It's more the fact, what are they going to do? Like, what is the identity of this team? Do Are the Nashville Predators trying to make kind of a more of a, play, a big playoff push? I don't really know what the Nashville Predators are trying to do, which is why I don't really... Which is why I don't really like what the Nashville Predators did. I'm a little bit. That's why I'm kind of shaking on. It reminds me. They remind me a little bit. I'm seeing. I see a little bit of the Ottawa Senators last year in there. Ottawa Senators bought big time. They got quite a few. They got guys like they. I think they tra- they traded for Alex DeBrinket. They signed Claude Giroux, who was one of the big, big names on the free agency board last year guys like that but they didn't even make the playoffs they didn't even make the playoffs so it's like yeah I see shades of that with the Nashville Predators and another team another team the Pittsburgh Penguins I mean like what they're doing like I've said I've talked about this on the show they're trying to buy for one last playoff push, one last cup run with Crosby and Malkin. So they signed Matt Nieto, Noel Acary, Ryan Graves, and Lars Eller. It's just, I I think the thing. The thing is, it's just Pittsburgh Penguins, like, I just don't see. I just don't see it. I I think there's more to it. Like they need to do a lot more. Like the problem is all the guys there, like that you look at it, I believe, I believe they have the oldest NHL team average age ever in NHL history. So I don't know. I just don't think that what the Pittsburgh Penguins are doing is the right move for their friend, it's really tough. I'm. They're kind of stuck. They're kind of stuck in a, or just kind of slowly sinking. I'm no. They're just slowly sinking, and there's not really much that they can really seem to do, just because they're in a sticky situation. You can't trade guys like Crosby and Malkin. And you kind of feel like you have to make a big cup run, but I don't know. I mean. Kyle Dubas, I mean, we'll have to see what he does, but I don't know. I don't know. I am i don't think it's a great start for Kyle Dubas as GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins or interim GM, I guess, until he finds a new one. But I guess we'll have to see. I'm, I'm not happy with what the Penguins did, but, I mean, I'm going to give the Penguins a chance and see what happens. But, yeah. And a guy, I think this is kind of cool. The Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers didn't do much. But what they did do is they brought in Connor Brown. Now, Connor Brown, Connor Brown played with Connor McDavid on the Erie Otters back in junior, reuniting the two of them together. I think that's great, you know. You got chemistry between the two guys. You know, and I think that locker room chemistry can go a long way. Guys that have known each other for a while. Yeah, like I said, the Edmonton Oilers didn't do much. And they didn't feel like they needed to. And that's totally fair. Like, because the Oilers are quite close. I think the Oilers recognize they're quite close to winning a cup. And you know what? Making a move like that, bringing in a guy like Connor Brown, is going to be good for the Edmonton Oilers. So I like what the Oilers did, and another team that bought after the sixty-five win season or something like that—it was something like that—the Boston Bruins bring in James Van Riemsdyk, Morgan Geeky, Kevin Shattenkirk, and they're bringing back Milan Lucic. So they made quite a few, quite a few moves there, and. I think the Bruins, it's going to be—I'm kind of interested to see how the Boston Bruins are going to do next year after the season that they had last year, an incredible season, and then an extremely disappointing playoff exit. I don't know what's going to what's gonna happen for the Bruins, but I definitely think they should still be a really, really competitive team. Definitely going to be one of the top teams, I think— in the in the Eastern Conference of the League. Um, but yeah I think I think the Bruins did solid here. They did they did alright. I, I wouldn't say great, but like you know what? I think they did. I think they did solid. They brought in certain guys and you want know, I, I, I like what they did. I like what they did overall. The New York Rangers. The New York Rangers bought they got Blake Wheeler Jonathan Quick, Nick Bonino, and Eric Gustafson. I, these guys, like most of these guys, like Jonathan Quick, Blake Wheeler. I mean, I like Jonathan Quick as a good backup. I like him as the backup to um, Igor Shosturkin. I like that. You know, I have a good goalie tandem. And Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick can definitely help. I think Jonathan Quick can definitely help come playoff time just with even more as just a mentor for a guy like Shesterkin hasn't really had a ton of playoff experience as they get more into the deep rounds you know Jonathan Quick's been there before so you can kind of help guide Shesterkin or if let's just say Shesterkin starts struggling a guy like Jonathan Quick with tons of playoff experience three cups to his name Two is like the starter of the L.A. Kings, can step in and help. Uh, Blake Wheeler, I mean, he's he's like thirty six or thirty six. He's he's old. Like he's he's definitely getting very close to retirement. So, I mean, bringing in a guy like that, you know, ve- veteran leadership, former captain of the Winnipeg Jets. So, I think that's a good move. Nick Bonino got he's got. Bit of cup experience, got quite a bit of cup experience. Won two cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Remember the famous Benino, 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 Benino. Uh, by what was that guy's? Har- Harang Singh, I'm sorry if I botched that first name, but but yeah, that call was iconic. Yeah, Nick Benino scored tons of big goals for the Pittsburgh Penguins during their during their cup runs. Uh, 2016, he was huge. He got the series winner against the Capitals, then scored the game winner late in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, But, yeah, New York Rangers overall, they did decent. They did decent. It'll be interesting to see how how the team kind of shakes up. And here is my big winner of free agency. This is the team that I think did best. Dimitri Orlov and Michael Bunting both signed with the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes, definitely. I would say definitely Carolina Hurricanes won in free agency so far. Now, I mean, there's still some, as I'm recording this, there's still some names on the board that could kind of change things. But Dimitri Orlov, great signing, by the Carolina Hurricanes and Michael Bunting. See, here's the thing. The Carolina Hurricanes didn't do much, but what they did do was excellent. I think the Carolina Hurricanes are poised, probably poised to be one of the favorites to win the Cup in 2024. I think the management recognizes they're not far off. They don't need much more. But you know what? Gang guys like Dmitry Orlov and Michael Bunting are going to help. Carolina Hurricanes, watch out for them in 2024. They could definitely—I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if the Carolina Hurricanes made it to the Cup Finals, won the Eastern Conference Championship. I would not be surprised at all. As far as trades are concerned, it has been, honestly— it was quite quiet at the draft. There was no trades that really, I don't think there was any trades that happened during the first round of the NHL draft. There wasn't really anything happening because I remember twenty twenty two. I was watching the draft and they announced that Kirby Doc had been traded to Montreal right in the draft. There wasn't really there wasn't really any trades like that. There have been a couple trades that have transpired over the past week or so we're going to talk about a few of them uh, Taylor Hall and Nick Felino. Taylor Hall Nick Felino traded traded to the Chicago Blackhawks they'll be joining they'll be joining Connor Bedard in Chicago and there was another trade too that Chicago made we'll talk about that for a veteran veteran player so trying to get some veteran leadership around Connor Bedard, I guess, that is kind of their plan. It seems. Uh, we'll talk about the other trade that Chicago made in just a little bit. Uh, Joel Edmondson, Joel Edmondson, a former, a former Camloops Blazer, uh, traded to the Washington Capitals uh, in exchange. Here, I'm pulling it up here. In exchange, Montreal received a 2024 third round pick and a 2024 seventh round pick. So Joel Edmondson is on the move to the Washington Capitals, and there was a big one. There was a big trade involving the LA Kings and the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg, they kind of had, they were kind of in a tough situation. A lot of their guys aren't coming back. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois was one of them, and they managed to trade him. They traded him to the Los Angeles Kings, in exchange for Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kupari, Gabriel Velardi and a 2024 second-round pick. I got to say, I got to say, Winnipeg got a pretty good haul for Pierre-Luc Dubois. LA La definitely like added him to the great core they have in LA. LA's going to be a good team next year winnipeg though winnipeg they were in a tough situation and they made the most of it so good on them i gotta say i think both sides i think both sides benefited from this trade so i think both teams won i think it was a win-win trade for both teams so good on both teams there i'm looking and i see kevin hayes kevin hayes from the philadelphia flyers traded to the st louis blues for 2024 six-round pick. The Flyers will also retain 50% of Kevin Hayes' salary. Uh, Alex Newhook. Alex Newhook is on the move to the Montreal Canadiens. Alex Newhook, uh, Colorado Avalanche, player traded to the Montreal Canadiens for a 2023 first-round pick, a 2023 second-round pick, and Gianni Fairbrother. I hope Gianni, I think it's Gianni. Uh, I'll have to figure out actually what that first round pick is. I'll, I might get back later on in the, later on the show. Maybe I'll talk about what those two picks ended up becoming. Maybe we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that maybe in a little bit. Uh, Tyler Toffoli, Tyler Toffoli is on the move to the New Jersey Devils. Another situation where. The Calgary Flames were in a tough situation. He wanted out. Most, again, just like Winnipeg, most of their core wants out. And, I mean, they got Igor Sharanovich. Hope I'm saying that right. I am so sorry if I'm botching that name. And a 2023 third-round pick. So... Tyler Toffoli on the move to New Jersey. New Jersey's going to be New Jersey is going to be a really good team next year. I mean, led by guys like Jack Hughes and Timo Meyer, just signed a big extension. Guys like that. Uh, New Jersey's going to be a team to watch in the East. Uh, look out for New Jersey. New Jersey's going to be New Jersey should be a pretty competitive team. And here's the other trade that the Chicago Blackhawks made. The Chicago Blackhawks traded for Corey Perry. Corey Perry, legendary Anaheim Duck, played played there for forever, it felt like. He was always him and Getzlaff, great dynamic duo. They were those two were awesome. Uh, traded him to Chicago. Tampa Bay got back a 2024 seventh round pick. Weren't you weren't gonna get much out of him, but I mean I mean, I think that's a good move for Chicago. Good move because I think their goal, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to get veteran leadership around Connor Bedard, around a young guy like Connor Bedard, nurture him into kind of not because he has the on ice skills. There is no doubt Connor Bedard has the on ice skills. I think it's more they're trying to develop him as a person. And having guys like Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall has been a part of teams with a lot of first-round, first-overall picks. These guys with so much on-ice skill. And they're basically, you know, this day and age, they're jumping them right into the NHL at 18. Which some guys like, you know, McDavid and Bedard, yeah, you can jump them into the NHL at 18. But personally, I don't think there's some guys that I think they could have benefited from an extra year in juniors. But... That's that's just my opinion, but uh point being though, get they're getting some veteran leadership around around uh, Connor Bedard it seems. So, I think Chicago Chicago's game plan with this, you know, trying to build trying to build Connor Bedard into great a great person just as much as a great athlete. I think that's what they're trying to do. So, yeah. And, I mean, we'll have to see over the coming weeks. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. It's going to be quite a few more trades in the coming weeks. So, we'll talk more about that. And even as free agency progresses, I mean, there's still there's still tons of names still on the board. So, there's still quite a few big names on the board. So, we're going to have to see what happens there. But, uh, that's it for Trade Talk as of now. But, keep you posted in the coming weeks. So, will probably be... Some more trades coming up in the coming weeks. All right, and now we're going to move into the next gen. And today we are going to be talking about the guy who's on track to become the next big WHL superstar after now Connor Bedard kind of moves on. Very early on projected the first overall pick of the 2026 NHL entry draft. But remember, it's very early. There's a lot that can change. But this guy, this guy has a lot of potential. Gavin McKenna, Gavin McKenna of the Medicine Hat Tigers, who's joining the Medicine Hat Tigers as a 16-year-old this upcoming season. Just want to talk about, guys, late, late, born in 07 like right at the end of 2007 so that makes him not eligible for the NHL draft until 2026. however he did get drafted into the WHL in 2022 so he gets kind of I think he gets kind of an extra year in the WHL before his draft year. but want to go through some of his some of his t- statistics and stats because as a looks like as a 12 year old, well, actually, he started the season kind of as an 11-year-old, 11, 12-year-old. In the U15 A. first off, guy puts up 22 goals, 17 assists, for 39 points in 20 games. Um, by the time he was 13-14, he played in the Ring Hockey Academy Kelowna U18 League. 35 games, he puts up 23 goals, 42 assists for 65 points. And that put him kind of enough so put him on the map. Enough so that the Medicine Hat Tigers with the first overall pick, they took him first overall in in the draft in the in the WHL Bantam draft. And in this season he played SAHA U18 prep. 26 games there. 26 games. He puts up 37 goals and 38 assists for 75 points. However, this is this is the thing that really impresses me. As a 15-year-old, well, actually, he started the season first game. First game he makes it when he made his WHL debut. The guy puts up Four assists four points in his WHL debut in his first ever game 14 year old he made it look easy out there four assists in his first game he ended up playing 16 games with the Medicine Hat Tigers in the regular season now I'm assuming I'm assuming this is because of injuries because there is a limit there is a limit for 15-year-old players, uh, five games. So I think what happened was there was injuries, and I've seen that happen before with Blazers players. You know, there's a guy that'll get called up and play more than five games because if there's injuries, you can call up your 15-year-old, a 15-year-old if you want to. And, I mean, when you're putting up num- some numbers like this, in 16 games scores four goals 14 assists for 18 points over a point per game in the whl as a 15 year old you're not even really like you're playing still playing like major midget hockey for the most part like that's mostly what you're kind of doing but no he goes and he plays 16 games over a point per game like and he goes into next season Uh, already having 16 games plus four playoff games under his belt and he goes into the next season as a 16 year old this kid this kid can put up numbers next year it'll be interesting to see how he does next year watch out for that name Gavin McKenna though in the coming years Gavin McKenna is going to be we're also going to talk here some of his tournament statistics too so Started off, like, almost every single major hockey name as a 10-year-old, he played in the Brick Invitational. I I swear, I look, like, every single tournament, there's always, like, a couple kids, you know, that ended up going, like, you know, first round the NHL draft or something like that in, like, six, like, not six, like, eight, nine years' time. So you always gotta pay attention. Like it's like the one of those kids could be like the next superstar. Like, I mean, I was seeing I was seeing a highlight of Bedard. Bedard played in that tournament when back in like 2015 or something like that. Like almost all those like big names in the hockey world, they played at that tournament in West Edmonton Mall Mall, just like Gavin McKenna. And he in six games four goals, seven assists, 11 points for the BC Junior Canucks, even though he was uh, from the Yukon, But then he goes to the world selects for U12 uh, in 2018-19. Five goals, seven assists, 12 points. And then in 2021-2022, probably 2022, I'd say, Uh, I went to the World Selects U15 tournament. In nine games, the guy puts up 10 goals, 12 assists, for 22 points. Remember, this is the best under-15 players in the world. And he made a meal out of everyone in that tournament. This kid, this kid could be saying he also went to the Circle K Classic, or formerly known as the Max tournament, which is a really big, tournament in Calgary over in Calgary uh, six games six goals eight assists 14 points and then not only that the Canada Winter Games he goes to the Canada listen to this Canada Winter Games goes to the Canada Winter Games captains team Yukon. the guy puts up absolute numbers Seven games, he only played seven games, led the tournament in scoring by 11 points, 11 points, guy puts up 16 goals, 15 assists for 31 points, that is absolutely unbelievable numbers by Gavin McKenna, Gavin McKenna is just, watch out for that name, man, man, he, he could be a really good player. Keep an eye out on that name because he's going to be certainly a fun player to watch in the WHL over the coming years. I'm, I know I'll get to see him play uh, this upcoming season, so if I do do get to see him play, I'll certainly give you guys a little intel, a little scouting report, I guess, on you know that. But yeah, Gavin McKenna. And that will be it for the next gen. All right. Now we're going to move into on this day. And there's been quite a few things that have happened on this day in hockey history. July 7th. 7-7. So that's kind of Ray Bork. Ray Bork. So 7-7. Yeah, July 7th. There's uh, first off, uh, we got to begin with... uh, New Jersey Devils. New Jersey Devils made a historic, pretty historic signing. Uh, they, two signings, actually. They signed, and I'm so sorry if I'm botching this name, Vyacheslav Fedisov Vettis, Vettis, and Sergei Sterikov. I hope I'm saying those names right. I'm so sorry if I'm not... I'm botching those names, uh, but point is, they're both signed, both from the Soviet Union. Now, the thing was, before Fedosov came over, Russian player had to defect from the Soviet Union in order to play in the NHL, and so that made him ineligible for the Soviet Union national team, which was, that was every player's dream in the Soviet Union. Uh, but he was able to work out a deal that allowed him to play play in North America and still compete in international events. So he didn't have to defect. So, big signing. Fedesov spent 13 seasons playing for CSKA Moscow and then before he came to the NHL. And then he ended up playing for the... 341 games for the Devils, and he got traded to the Detroit Red Wings late in the 1995 season. Then he played never 205 games, and there was a lot of Russians, I think, a lot of Russians on that, on those two Stanley Cup-winning uh, Detroit Red Wings teams in the late 90s, and Fedosov was one of them. And then he ended up uh, returning to New Jersey as an assistant coach, and they won the two thousand Stanley Cup. He won the two thousand Stanley Cup as a coach. Became the general manager of the two thousand two Russian Olympic team, which I believe no, I don't know. Did they did win bronze? I'm I'm trying to think. I thought for a second they might have won gold, but not no, not gold, silver. Uh but I think US played Canada in the finals. Canada won gold that year in two thousand two, ending a fifty year uh gold medal drought for them oh yeah it says yeah that won the bronze medal so and then 2009 he ended up becoming the president of cska moscow and then so his team his team that season they had a whole bunch of injuries whole bunch of injuries so then he had to step in and play himself so he played few games for CSKA Moscow, uh, in 2009, 10, uh, the age of 51, he had to just step in and play just for comparison. Uh, I think Yarmir Yager's 51. So just to kind of, it's kind of crazy what Yarmir Yagger's doing though. He's just been playing forever. Like he doesn't want to stop playing. I'm telling you, come on Pittsburgh. Come on Pittsburgh Penguins, sign him, sign him to, to a one-year deal. Finish off his career as a penguin. But no, no. But yeah. Uh, Fedosov had a great, great career. Uh, Sterikov, uh, Sterikov, after they worked out a deal to sign him, uh, he only played in 16 games in the NHL. Uh, he spent time in the AHL, the American Hockey League, and the IHL, the International Hockey League, which is like. It's a defunct minor league, but I I think that was the league that I want to say Gordy Howe played a game in the late 90s. It was a whole thing about him playing in like six different decades. So they got him in for a game. The Detroit Vipers got him for a game in 1997. He was, oh, 71, I think. seven. Wait, no, he was born in 1928, I think. I think he was 69. 69, something like that. But the point is, man, like, yeah. But Sterikov, Fedosov, two historic signings made on July 7th. Uh, The Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning won their second Stanley Cup in a row on this day, July 7th, 2021. Because remember, this was kind of, this was because of the pandemic, the season was kind of pushed back a bit because they, I think they had the Stanley Cup finals in like October, 2020. So they had it like, they had the season starting in January or something like that. It was, it was a weird time. It was a weird time. Uh, But, yeah, July seventh, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning won their second Stanley Cup in a row. They won one nothing. Ross Colton, Ross Colton uh, scored the only goal of that game. That was the Stanley Cup winning goal. Ross Colton, I think he was quite a, quite a young kid at the time. Like I, he hadn't really done. Much. I think that might have been his only goal. Of the Stanley Cup, final. So even the playoffs. I, he didn't really. He was kind of like a third third line player, I want to say, somewhere around there, uh, but yeah, that won the cup for them in their own barn, which is great, great to see, uh, the Conspife Trophy went to Vasilevsky that year, Vasilevsky had a great postseason, that was the first, first team to repeat as Stanley Cup champions since the Pittsburgh Penguins did it in 2016 and 2017, And there was also a draft. There was also a draft held on this day. Not that long ago, actually. Last year. Last year, the 2022 NHL draft was held on this day, July 7th. And I remember watching this, and I was thinking, Shane Wright coming to Montreal. And then there was a whole sequence of events that started to unfold kind of within the last two weeks before the draft. That gave an indication that possibly Slavkovsky, Uri Slavkovsky might go first. Shane Ray right, had been the consensus choice all along. And you know, i yeah. And then what happened was Bob McKenzie, I think it was Bob McKenzie, was Bob McKenzie or Craig Button? I'm pretty sure it was Bob McKenzie though, released his draft rankings. And he had Yuri Slavkovsky at one, which I remember being like, whoa, like that's a big, people weren't expecting that. And then all of a sudden, he kind of became the favorite to get selected first overall. Like there was a lot of chatter about that. Who were they, who were they going to choose? And they chose Yuri Slavkovsky first overall, the Montreal Canadiens. And they did it. The draft was hosted in Montreal, so they took the first overall pick, uh, while in their own building, which is kind, which is kind of cool. And then it's—I remember watching. It was like New Jersey Devils. The New Jersey Devils got to be thinking, "Hey, it's our chance to swoop in and get swipe in and get Shane Ray. Like this would be great." They took Simon Nemich second overall. And poor guy, I feel bad. I still feel bad for Shane Wright. He was sitting there, and, you know, I think he thought he was probably going first overall or at least, or sec- at least second overall, and now he's starting to... And then, all right, the Arizona Coyotes probably going to swoop in and get Shane Wright. They took Logan Cooley, third overall, and then... Oh, poor guy. He's just sitting there, and I—I I felt so bad for him watching it. Uh, and then Seattle swooped in. Seattle Kraken swooped in, and chose him fourth overall. I just remember that was—that was a big shock to me. I didn't—I did not see that all unfolding that way. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of a crazy. That was kind of a crazy draft just how that happened and i think there was uh the kirby doc trade the kirby doc trade to montreal was announced during that i remember watching that and you know obviously the crowds you know booing Batman he's like i think you might want to hear this montreal and then then you can boo me all you want there's something like that he said something like that he's quite funny to to watch during the draft and all that but No, yeah, the first round of the 2022 NHL draft was held on this day, July 7th, and that'll be it for On This Day, and that'll do it for this episode of the Puck House Podcast, if you want to stay updated on the podcast, as well as follow what's going on in the hockey world. Uh, in between podcast episodes, give me a follow over on both Instagram and Twitter, well, where I will be posting there. And before we wrap up the episode, I just want to... We were talking earlier about that first-round pick in the Alex Newhook trade. And that ended up being a defenseman from Russia, Mikhail Guleyev. Uh Until next time, goodbye.